Quick throw left side. Has the first down and more up the sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Houston. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, big show for you tonight. Mark Vandermeer with you. Hello, Texans. And let's get right to it. As At 6.30, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle is going to join us as Johnny and I catch up with him. And very busy times here as the team is really under construction. I mean, you have a coaching change, GM change, all this stuff going on with the offseason. Very busy, very busy indeed. And, man, just hearing that highlight, man, I cannot wait for football season already. But I know there's a lot that has to happen, okay? I think people have been talking about the Texans an awful lot lately, and it's what we do every day at 6. And, look, we're going to talk about some different things. We're going to dive into things going on in the building, things going on with building this team, because it is a process. You have free agency starting up in March. You have, obviously, the draft coming up, very different draft preparation process. Johnny talked about that last night during Draft Wednesday. But let's get right to our special guest here tonight, and – I am super excited to be hosting coaches shows with this guy, the new head coach of the Houston Texans, David Culley, because the guy is a ball of fire. I mean, I feel like I need three espressos just to keep up with him. And Johnny and I sit down with him, and he's been off to a running start. Very busy indeed. Man, I feel like I've been here for a year now. It's been like (laughs) nonstop. It has been just wonderful. I mean, it has been everything I thought it would be. There's been some things that have happened that, you know, when I came in for the interview and uh, got offered the job when I got in it, you know, I came in with one of those, uh, with interview, I came in with one of those little things that say prepare for being a head coach. As mm-hmm. soon as I got the job, I threw that thing out the window because there were things in there that didn't have anything to do with what was going on with me right now. And I said, man, they, they left out a whole bunch of information right here that I need right now. But it has been just wonderful. Coach, when you are an assistant coach, assistant head coach, I imagine over the years you're like, man, if I'm ever head coach, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to make this change, or I'm going to want to do this. Have you had any of those kind of moments while you've been there? Like, hey, wait a second, I can make that change because now I am the head coach. Have you kind of had any of those thoughts? I haven't, but let, let me tell you about that too. I have said that. I have had those thoughts. And now I'm sitting there saying, man, be careful what you ask for. Because here it is. You know, here it is. And I've got it. But I have. And, and you know what? You never know. I've talked to uh, fellow head, head coaches that I've worked for throughout the league after I've gotten this job. And the first thing they tell me is this, is, David, I know that manual you had. I know Andy Reid. I talked to Andy Reid just the other day. He says, I know that manual you got from me way back when it has been good to help you get there. But as, I, as he said before, he says, you have no idea what's coming for your desk right now when you get in that, that position. And he was exactly right. But a lot of the things that you just talked you just asked me about as far as uh, uh, what would I do and what would I change, it's kind of like you do as you go. And you actually, whatever comes up, you deal with it. You've seen uh, the guys deal with these things before. And now when it comes to you, it's always going to be different. They say every situation is going to be different. And the big thing I was told was be yourself and be honest about what is happening. And, and I've taken that with me from assistant coach and hopefully, and I feel like I'm going to carry that with me through this job. Coach David Kelly with us. Coach, what's it been like to collaborate so far with general manager Nick Casario? 
Well, obviously everybody knows Nick's uh, background from uh, uh, years in New England, uh, 20 plus years there. Uh, I knew Nick through the business. I actually worked with Nick uh, a number of years back in the NFL Combine when he was first on the field as a wide receiver coach. The thing I feel about Nick is this, is that Nick and I are like-minded from the standpoint is I understand uh, what, what his vision, I understand his mission. Uh, the other thing about understanding his mission and vision was this, is that, you know, that guy I think has about six Super Bowl rings. I believe he's got one for each hand, and then he's working on those others. And one of those that he's got on his hands was through a football team I was coaching. So I've never forgiven him for that. And so I've finally gotten to the point now where I said, listen, I know where you're going. I know where you've been. I know what you want to do. We share the same vision. And now I feel like being with him, understanding where we, he and I go as far as what we believe in, uh, I just want to make sure that now I'm with him, that now we can get one for my finger. Coach, Mark and I are in a, a similar instance that since we've been with the Texans, Mark's been here from the beginning. I've been covering his team since 2007. We've never even been to an AFC championship game, and you just mentioned it. You've been to a Super Bowl. Yes. What is that experience like going to a Super Bowl and going through everything that goes with a Super Bowl? John, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because here's the thing. About the Super Bowl is this. Last, the last Super Bowl that was played on Sunday, last Sunday, was the first Super Bowl I've watched completely probably in about 10 years. And here's wow. why. I have been there. I got my butt beat yeah. when I was in there. Yeah. And in this league, when you get to that point and you're playing in the Super Bowl, in the end, there's only one team that feels good about what has happened, and that's the team that wins it. I was on the other end of that in 2004 with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'll tell you, it hurts and it grinds at you. And, but the thing that you want to be able to do is, this, is that once you've been there, you never know when you're going to get back again. Prior to going to the Super Bowl, speaking of championship games, we went to three straight NFC championship games in Philadelphia before we got to the Super Bowl on the fourth get around. And all people kept telling us was, you don't know how to do, you can't do this, you can't get to that point. But once we kept knowing because of that process that we were doing, when you got there, you know what you have to take. And sometimes it takes a little luck. Sometimes you got to be, you be a little bit lucky. Mm -hmm. But you also got to be good. And then what happened when we got there, and we got there to the big game in 2004, and it went down to the last few seconds of the game, and you just sit here and say, this is what you envision, this is what you always want. And once we got there, after that game was over, when it was lost, first of all, I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, totally exhausted. But the experience from that point on was saying, look, whatever it takes, whatever you have to do to get back there, that that's our goal as a coach to be able to do that. And then I know, I know, I know what it takes because I've been there. I know what has to happen to be able to get there. And a lot of things have to be in place for you to get there. And, it, and it's not an overnight thing. You know, in 1999, when we started uh, in Philadelphia with Andy Reid, we went 1999. I can remember that first season in 1999. They actually booed us out of the stadium so bad when we was there that I thought that we were only going to last for one year. And then the next thing you know, three, four straight championship games, and then all of a sudden it's like we, we made it and we're there. But 
understand there's nothing that is the goal. Every team in this league every year thinks that they can go to the Super Bowl and feel like you can go to the Super Bowl. And legitimately so. Obviously, things got to fall in place. And I feel the same way about being here. Coach David Cully with us. Coach, I asked you a version of this question when we had a call for the uh, employees of the Houston Texans, but I want to ask you right now because I think it's very important that you've coached so many different kinds of personalities. You mentioned that Super Bowl with T.O. and over the years, just too many players to mention here, but how have players changed over time and how have those experiences helped you as you embark on this job as head coach of the Texans? The one thing that I found out when I came from college football to the NFL was this is that I'd had guys that in college football, they say, hey, David, how do you coach those guys any differently? I says, no, I don't coach them any differently. Here's the one thing about guys in this league. All guys that play in this league want to be successful, and they want to be good. And if they trust you to the point to where you can help them become the best possible player that they can be, they will do anything you ask them to do. And you, you mentioned T.O. earlier. And – I'll say the word T.O. here now to you, but I didn't coach T.O. I coached Terrell Owens, and I'll give you a little story about why that is. There was two different people and two different personalities. Terrell Owens was that guy that when he came to practice, I'd never been around a guy that practiced like he did. I'd never been around a guy that was as motivated as he was, and it carried over into our football team. That T.O. stuff that you saw on the media, just like I am talking to you, I, never, I didn't have that guy in, on, on, on practice. I didn't have that guy on, on the game. So that being is because he wanted to be successful. He wanted to win a Super Bowl. Every guy that coaches, every guy that plays on this team or any other team in there is the ultimate goal. Now, they have to trust in you to be able to feel like you can help me get there. And that trust comes from when you're coaching those guys and you're teaching those guys and they have an issue on the field and they're not, things aren't quite right, you need to have an answer for them to get them right. And I felt like through my career, I've been able to do that because I've been around some wonderful coaches that basically, I keep saying coaches, but in reality, what we are is teachers. And all those guys want to do is be able to be the best that they can be. And our job is to be able to do that with those guys. Coach, you mentioned coaches. And people can look at your background and go, Andy Reid and, uh, and John Harbaugh, and they know those names. Well, I'm going to throw a name at you that actually strikes very close to my heart. And I want to know what George McIntyre meant to you. Listen to this. I, first of all, I used to babysit his two young boys, Mike, <laughs> Mike and, and yeah. Matt. That's yeah. the first thing. And then obviously Mike has, has gotten into this coaching business. He's a head coach at Colorado. He's yeah. coached in the league before. He's been around. George McIntyre was the most wonderful human being away from the football field that, that, that I was ever been around. I mean, he was just an unbelievable human being and a heck of a head coach. And he actually gave me my first full-time job in this business at my alma mater in Vanderbilt. And he was, I, I, I still think about him today. I actually, I, speaking of him, I talked to his son, Mike, two days ago, you yeah, know, yeah. normally when, when those kind of things kind of happen with, he was my first, he was my first coach that actually gave me that job. And the same thing with you. Yep. And, 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 and I'm for, I forever remember that for him. Yeah, 1994, when I came out of Brown University, he had gone back to his hometown of Jacksonville. That's and right. And took over at Episcopal High School. And uh, he hired me to be his junior high coach. 
uh, at 22. And then I also coached with him and he meant so much to me. I've been waiting to kind of talk to you about, I have a really good story I'll tell you for off the air, but I just know the man that George McIntyre was and, and his family and his family, the type of people they were, that if you were anything like him and them, we were going to be very happy here with you. Well, well, let me tell you this about that. I hope I can be half the man that he was because he was a wonderful human being. And then you mentioned about the high school. There's one thing I, I still t- tell people this day about me as a coach. Listen, when I was in high school and I was being coached, I got brought up the right way. And I got brought up the white right race simply because of high school coaches that basically were wonderful teachers, not only on the field, but off the field. And I've basically been able to carry that with me from college even to this level, because even here, you know, at this level, professional level, you know, those, those guys are no different. They want to be coached just like the high school kid wants to be coached. They want to be the best that they can be, not only on the field, but even at the professional level here, I found out off the field the same way. You know, you wouldn't think about that when you're coaching professional athletes or professional players. I, I can't tell you how many, uh, talks and conversations I've had with guys that are some of them are Hall of Famers now that had nothing to do with football in this business and let me tell you why they did that because on the field when you develop that trust with those guys and you've done everything you can do as their coach to make them the best possible player they can be it ain't just about the football on the field it's about when they leave the field also and when they leave the field also and you develop that trust then then when that trust is there then it becomes the whole total package, not just on the field, but also off the field. Coach, where are you at? It's kind of a chicken and egg thing with making the system adapt to what the players' strengths are or having the players fit within the system. I look at some of your work in Baltimore and a very run-heavy team, but a lot of huge plays through the air as well, and there was a great balance there. How do you see that kind of thing maybe coming here or in general? Well, Coming here, basically what you end up doing is, as always as a coach, is you look at your personnel and says, okay, what do they do best? What are they very good at? And you adapt whatever, whatever system that you have, you adapt it to what your best players can do and cannot do. There may be some things in a system that, that we've been running or things that we've been doing that may not fit a particular player. I go back to Baltimore, for example. Lamar was one of those people that we felt like was a generational football player. I mean, he was different, so, but we knew he was special. Just like Deshaun here, there's something special about those guys. So what you do is you incorporate that with what their talents are, and then you, you do those kinds of things. The thing about that point was there is that we were very run heavy simply because our coordinator, Gregor Roman, was very, very good at it. We were actually the best in the league for the last couple of years at doing that. And then obviously, but in this league, when you're running an offense in this league, the one thing that you have to be and the one thing that we will be here is, is that you have to be balanced at some point. You have to be able to do both. You have to be able to run and you have to be able to throw it. And what I found out in this league is this. When it gets down to the nitty-gritty in the game, and it's no different than in a Super Bowl, regardless of what your uh, uh, thing is as far as I'm a run heavy or pass heavy, in this league, to win a football game or to win a championship, People are going to make you throw the football to win a game. They're going to make you do that in a football game when it's close in the fourth quarter. I've seen many, many times and having coached receivers, and speaking of being in Baltimore with a run-heavy type offense, the one thing I've told our wide receivers was this, is that you may not have had but three or four balls thrown to you at some point in this particular ball game. 
But if this game is close in the end, this game is going to be won with somebody making a catch and somebody's making a throw to win a football game. And in the end, and, I, and, I, and I've kind of felt like this mantra is this, is that it ain't about how many you catch. It ain't about how many touchdowns you throw. It's about when you make that particular catch or when you make that particular throw that had something to do with winning the football game. Coach, you mentioned trust a little while ago, and I think that is such a vital part of any football organization at any particular level. How, as a coach, do you gain the trust of players, no matter the level? And obviously in the NFL, the, the business of the, the of football comes in, and you have to sort of separate that from everything else. But how do you gain the trust of players in the best way for you? By, by the things that you say and you do with those guys, what you're saying is what you're doing. If I'm sitting here in a meeting room and we're talking about we're going to go out and we're going we're gonna to run these particular plays. We're going to execute this particular run this way. We're, I'm going to teach you how to be able to run this particular route and making this particular throw. Well, when you're in practice with that and they're starting to do those kinds of things and they're tempted to try to do what you're trying to get them to do is when it's not being done correctly and they say, Coach, I can't make this throw or I can't make that catch, you better have an answer for them. And when you have that answer because of knowing what you want to get done, and knowing what you want to do, then once you have that answer and you tell those guys exactly this is what we need to do to get this, that's why you have the film study. That's why you have the practices. And then when you go back and you do those things, is what we're doing is we're practicing and getting what we're saying that we're going to do. And that's where that trust comes in. And, and in, in my case, I'm one of those guys that I've been around a long time. I got my AARP card, man, and I use that thing too. So I've been around a little bit, and I've been around a few different – different places and we, we have a background of having been successful I've been around places that have been successful I know what that process is and we just have to implement that process here get people on the same page and doing that process here and again being aligned with Nick who I have the utmost respect for is I know he knows that process he knows I know that process and we've aligned ourselves together, and we're going to take that process and take it all the way through this building, all the way through this team, and then, and then we got to be believable, and we will, will be believable. Well, Coach, uh, I know the organization is not ready to release names of the assistants yet, and there's some things still in the works here, but can you give us a comment on, in general, how you feel about what you've been able to put together so far and where you're at? Well, Nick and, Nick and I have, have sat down, and we are so excited about the, the, the guys that we have got coming in here. And, again, we still got a couple more that we still got to fill in. We're not complete. But here's the thing I'll tell you about the staff. When we went out and started looking for the guys that we wanted on the staff, we wanted guys on the staff that felt like we did, that had the same positivity that we have, that had the same goals that we have. And I have known some of these guys. I've actually worked with some of the guys that are on the staff right now. But the guys that I hadn't worked with, I knew what their background was. Uh, friends of mine that I have worked with that have worked with these guys, they know what I'm all about. So when we went through this process and we started interviewing and talking, and when you sit down, here, here's the thing that, that, that this is why in-person is so important. And, I, and at some point, obviously, I'm going to sit down with you guys in person and we're going to be talking and whatnot, is it's a different feel. I mean, you guys can feel what I'm – you know how I feel right now about, about how you feel what I'm seeing. But 
when it's person to person and you sit down with somebody and you start talking and you start having those serious conversations, you get a feel. Your gut tells you this, this guy, this guy's on the right, right track that I'm on. This guy feels the same way that I do. So when we interviewed these guys on our staff, we felt like we got guys that felt the same way that we did with where we want to go and with the vision that we want to do. And I feel, I'm so happy and excited with the guys that we got. All right, coach. I know that Nick said in his initial press conference um, that his eating tastes are (laughs) always a little different. And when Mark and I get together on the radio, we always going to talk about food. So he, I don't know exactly what Nick eats and, but it sounds like it's stuff that is, is way too healthy. You're down in, you're down in Houston. Have you had a chance to go out and get some barbecue or get a Tex-Mex meal while you've been here? I know you've been working your butt off, but have you had a chance to get out and get some of the great Houston cuisine? I haven't been able to get out yet, but let me, listen to tell you something. There's a difference in Nick and I when it comes to food and eating. There are certain things that, it, that Nick doesn't eat, and you can tell by his body. When you look at my body, you can tell I'll eat just about anything. So my point is, I love barbecue. I know down here in, here in Houston that they got it. But here's the thing about the barbecue you got to understand, John, is I've been in – hey, I'm from Tennessee. So yeah. Memphis, Tennessee yeah. got their little thing about barbecue. I spent four years in Kansas City. They got their little thing about barbecue. I know a little bit about barbecue now. So whenever, <laughs> wherever you send me to and I get that barbecue, I'm not going to be critical, but I know what good barbecue is. But I have heard that is here. But basically for me, you take me to anywhere that just has good food, I'll eat it. Coach, where do you get the energy from? I mean, I, I need to borrow some of this. Where, where is this coming from? Well, that's just who I am. I mean, I've been that way, and, I, and it, that's just who I am. And I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. I love what I do. I've been coaching for 43 years. This is not a job for me. I love what I never considered it a job. I consider I've been very, very fortunate to be able to do in my lifetime. Now, you have to call it a job because they do pay you to do this. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that I do this for free, (laughs) but I would do this job right here for probably a lot less money than what they're paying me. But my point is that that's what it is. I've been very fortunate that when I got out of high school, this was my goal when I got out of high school. All I wanted to do was go back to high school and be assistant coach at my high school with my high school coach. That was my goal. Now, I haven't reached that goal yet. But someday, someday, when this is all over with, I'm going to see if they'll take a guy that's got his AARP card and come back and they don't even have to pay me. I just want to be on the staff and be there and help those young guys at my high school. Wait, the coach that just won the Super Bowl is what, 68 years old? You're young. You're well, young. Speaking of that right there, you look at that. Uh, Bruce is just a little bit older than I am, and he's just a little bit younger. I'm in the middle. And let me tell you something. I'm at the perfect age to be able to do what they just did. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Coach, thanks so much for the visit. We appreciate it and look forward to many more. Many. Thank you very much, both of you. Uh, there's David Kelly, head coach of the Houston Texans, and impossible not to like. I mean, the guy's got, like we said, a ton of energy, and can't wait to watch him work, get this staff in here, get them named. Sorry that we really couldn't get into details on that, but it's a, it's a league thing, and we'll get to it soon enough. Believe me, when they're ready to announce, we will be all over that. We'll get Nick back on again. All right, next up. 
Let's get John McClain, the general from the Houston Chronicle, in here, and we'll talk about what is up with your Texans and everything else around the National Football League here on Texans All Access. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Ashley Home Store is proud to call Houston home. Whether you're living in a midtown high-rise or you're moving into your forever home, we have the options you need and the prices you really want. Visit today and find stylish sofas, dining sets, and more, starting as low as $10 per month. Ashley Home Store has financing options made to fit any budget. Start designing your dream home today. We have 12 Houston-area locations to serve you. Ashley Home Store. This is home. Proud sponsor of the Houston Texans. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. Care for your car. Care for your car. Care for your... Keep up with the Houston Texans everywhere you go. Download the Texans mobile app. That app is loaded. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Texans All Access. Great to have you listening. Another show tomorrow. Another show on Monday. Then Tuesday. Then In other words, five nights a week, 6 to 7 p.m. Texans All Access till the end of time. That's how you have to remember it. John McClain, the general from the Houston Chronicle, joining us now. General, good evening. How you doing, my friend? I'm great, guys. How are you? Uh, doing very well, as always. All right, so, uh, you know, I haven't talked to you on the air for a long time, General. I think since the day after the season ended. So uh, has anything happened between then and now that we need to know about? <laughs> Actually, let's just get, let's just get to this. Uh, uh, what's What are your thoughts this week? Just just share with me your, your latest thoughts here. On, on, I know you've been on the air here a bit, but I haven't spoken to you on the air for a while. Well, what do you want to know? My thoughts on what? Well, I didn't, just how we're shaping up this week, because I think that we're in a, in a time right now before they're going to start making some moves with some players, free agency coming up, things like that. I know everyone's been focused on certain things, and I, I get it with Deshaun Watson and, and the situation between he and the club. Uh, but there are a lot of other things going on as well as they have to put an entire team together for 2021. Well, you ask, so I'm going to answer. I'm working okay. on my mailbag that I post every Friday on Texas Sports Nation, and I just told a – a person who said, what's the best case scenario? And I said, well, it depends on if you have Watson or you don't. If you don't have Watson, then you're looking at the highlight of the next two years as the draft. And I went through a six-year period like that with the Oilers where they were bad for so long, the highlight was the draft. Now, I don't think the Texans will be bad that long because you got free agency to help you rebuild beginning next year. They'll have their number one pick and it looks like it'll be a high one especially if Watson is not here and I the, everybody you have to hope as a fan that Nick Casario knows what he's doing but this is a rebuild I don't care what people say the defense was horrible it needs to be rebuilt J.J. Watt's going to be gone that'll help the salary cap problem I just read today it could be up as much as 195 
if these new network TV deals get done, which they're trying to do. And so it's gone from a floor of 175 to possibly 195. And Watson, I think that if they don't trade him, and they've said on the record, off the record, we're not trading him. And so then I expect him to dig in and Sean Pendergast called it yesterday a staring contest. So I think somebody, might have been ESPN, it figured if he misses camp in preseason, if there is a preseason, it cost him like $3.6 million, then you don't get paid in regular season. And so it could drag out. You know, then who would be the quarterback? I'm guessing they re-sign A.J. McCarron. Uh, Josh McCown is still there. If Watson's not there when the season starts, they're going to have to have a third quarterback. I'm guessing we'll still have uh, protocols for COVID-19. But Nick Casario needs, has a lot of work to do. He has eight draft choices. If he does it the way they did it with New England, he'll acquire some more draft choices. And I'm guessing by the time the 53-man roster is set the first week of September, that 45 to 50% of this roster will be gone by then. John, you mentioned the salary cap, and that actually was where I was going to go with this because I I can't even remember if I heard you say it or heard somebody else say it, that the cap is potentially going to be at like 180 or 181, even though the floor I think was going to be 175. But then you brought the TV deals. And so I want to hit that real fast because it kind of leads to a question I'll ask you after a little bit. Will If they get the TV deals done, could that impact this year's salary cap and what – I mean, what's the timing on when that can happen and how they could get an increased salary cap if they do sign those deals? Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated, as a Thursday column with a lot of NFL news, said today it could be up to $195 million. You know, there's, people have no clue right now what it is. Yeah. ESPN said 180 to 181 They don't have a clue. Another one said it could be up to 185 I'll just make this prediction. It could be anywhere from 175 to 195. How about that? You heard it here on 610, <laughs> which is the way a lot of these guys are. And ESPN's contract expires after the 2021 season. The other networks expires after the 2022 season. They want to get them all done at the same time. They're going to bring in a streaming service. Everybody thinks it's going to be Amazon. Not exactly sure if they'll get Thursday night football or what. But the fact is, it's going to push the network, the, the owners' TV money beyond $100 billion over the 10-year life of the deal or whatever they do. And so nobody wants to see a bloodletting of players. And if it were the floor of 175, it would happen across the league. And so teams like, say, Jacksonville, New England, Indianapolis, with a lot of cap money, they could run out and get a lot of veteran players if that's what they wanted to do. So the union certainly doesn't want that. So the union, and the union plays a role in all this, the union wants that cap to be as much as possible. It's not going to go past the 198 where we were this year or last year. And in ordinarily, that would have been an increase of 10 to $12 million. So say it would have been $210 million. So even if it's 195, that's great. If it's 185, the Texans will be 7.1 million over the cap. If they release or trade JJ, that clears up 17.5 million. And Nick Casario's got some tough decisions to make. Do you eat contracts 
uh, cut guys, trade guys, because their changes are coming on this roster. That's why they hired him and David Culley. John, how the Texans do next year is based in large part by how the division looks. So let's go there. With the Jaguars hiring Urban Meyer, I haven't heard your comments on him yet and how that might look. And is there any shot that they don't draft Trevor Lawrence? What if, uh, and I've, I've written and I believe that at some point, Watson and his agent, David Mulligetto, ought to have a face-to-face meeting with Nick Casario, David Culley, Tim Kelly, and Pep Hamilton. Pep's a great quarterback coach, one of the best in the NFL. Have a meeting, socially distance, and let Watson state his case because they haven't talked to him. And then if he can convince them that he's willing to dig in and lose millions of money in fines and come in, was it four games you got to be in for a, to get credit for a season? And come in for four games to get credit for the season, so he'll get thirty-five million in two thousand twenty-two. And say they decided, okay, we believe him. We have to trade him. I said all along, I think they should trade him to the Jets because it's the only way you can be guaranteed of getting the second best quarterback prospect behind Lawrence. But what if? And I don't think this will happen. But what if Nick Casario called Urban Meyer and said, "Look, you know, you've retired twice for health reasons." Wouldn't you like, would you rather have a quarterback who is developed, a great quarterback, great kid, great in the community, 25, who beats your brains in every year? Would you rather have him or an untested guy like Trevor Lawrence, even though he's the highest rated prospect since Andrew Luck? Would uh, Urban Meyer do that deal? Would Watson waive his trade clause? Would the Texans trade him? within the division. So right now, as they've said, they're not trading him, and I believe them. Right now, they have no intentions of trading him. But, man, as they get close to the draft and teams start to maybe uh, give them a offer they can't refuse, and the Jets have two ones, two twos next two years, uh, two ones this year, two ones next year. So they could trade starting with their two ones, which should be high, and they would still have their two low ones from Seattle, get their twos, get a couple starters, maybe take Sam Darnold uh, to start until the second overall pick is ready. People ask me, I'm just writing this. Somebody said they'd get Justin Fields. I said, I doubt they're getting Justin Fields because he's represented by the same guys once. How deep do you think that goes, John? Because Trey Lance from North Dakota State – is working with Quincy Avery, who is also Deshaun's quarterback coach. So, and I, I like Trey Lance, I'll be honest with you. So, I, do, do you think it, it gets to even that point? I don't even know we're going to talk about Trey Lance, to be honest with you. But do you think that there could be something there if they're not, you know, if, if David Mulligetta is obviously Deshaun's agent and kind of um, continues to, to usher Deshaun out of Houston, do you think it's going to go as deep as even Quincy Avery being uh, the quarterback coach of Deshaun Watson, that they won't want anything to do with that? Well, let's be honest here. David Mulligan is not doing anything Deshaun Watson doesn't want him to do. You know, they have a strategy, and I'm waiting to see what's going to be next. And, um, and Trey Lance played one game last year. It was almost like an audition for the NFL. So you got to go on what he did two years ago when I think was his only year as a starter. You know, you look at guys that started one year in college, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Mark Sanchez, 
Remember Bill Parcells, he wouldn't take a quarterback and wasn't a starter in college for at least three years. Now, maybe he would change that today because they leave college so early. And uh, um, I, it's, it's Trevor Lawrence and everybody else. And the draft experts say there's more quarterbacks of quality this year than it looks like there will be in 2022. That's so correct. maybe if the Texans think they're going to get one in 2022, problem is you don't know who it'll be. Is there a Joe Burrow out there to come out of left field and blow everybody away and be the number one overall pick, great as a rookie? You don't know. But the problem is here, there's no combine. You can't have a private workout. You can send three guys to the pro days, and they're trying to orchestrate the pro days based on uh, what the combine is. But here's what's going to happen. And Casario has got six Super Bowl rings he played a role in. One reason I'm hoping that he could meet with Watson is Watson, remember his last Zoom with us, he said, I just want to hold up a Lombardi trophy. And if Nick could somehow meet with Deshaun, he should have his six replicas on the table and his six Super Bowl rings on the table and say, Deshaun, you said you want to hold up a Lombardi trophy. Well, I know how to do it. And it starts with a great quarterback. And you're our great quarterback. Let's do this together and uh, see where it would go from there. But I have a lot of confidence in Casario because, you know, he he was Bill Belichick's right-hand man for a long time. I've talked to people that worked with him, that do work, that have worked with him, that played, have covered. You know, Ted Johnson, Ted thinks he's going to be great as a general manager, but you never know. And he's got his work cut out. So I feel what decisions he makes are going to be good decisions, but it's going to take a while. And when it comes to the quarterback, they're going to have to go on game tape like they did in the old days before there was no combine. And sometimes I wonder, could teams do any worse if all they had was game tape? Well, the problem on Trey Lance, you got one game. And I don't know this, but is what's going on with Carson Wentz, even though he's a totally different quarterback, could that cause somebody to say, well, you know, I don't think I want to get in another with a quarterback coming from that level of competition. Give me one of these guys that face big time competition, but uh, it's certainly going to be interesting. And there's never a day that goes by when the Texans are not the news somewhere. Problem with Miami, Miami has a third pick, as we all know, from the Texans. Last year, the Patriots need a quarterback. You know Nick Casario studied all those quarterbacks last year. Hmm. What if he thinks Tua Tagovailoa is a franchise quarterback? What if he doesn't? If he didn't think he was a franchise quarterback, why would he want him included in any deal? Because if you go with Miami, you get the third overall pick back, and it would could be the third best quarterback, and that could be Justin Fields there if Zach Wilson goes second overall. And also Miami was 10 and six. Everybody thinks they're going to be really good for a while under Brian Flores. So if you make a trade with Miami, say for their next three number one picks, you can't go longer in three years. And you end up with low number one picks every year, like Detroit's probably going to do with their two from the Rams, be low number one picks. And if you're going to trade a franchise quarterback, you better get away with highway robbery and your fan base better know it. 
John, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to reading everything there is to read and listen to and whatever we do with the Chronicle. Thank it's you great, so much. Great being back on with you guys. Thank you yep. very much. Every Thursday, usually at 6, tonight we had David Kelly on special visit with the head coach, and usually the coach's show is on Monday, as everyone knows. And, boy, this um, – you know, this hot stove stuff, some of it is just you put the pan on the stove and you heat it up and there's nothing in the pan, of course, uh, and, and that's probably what most of it is going to be, but it's fun to talk about stuff. Anyway, uh, not fun to talk about <laughs> trading anybody, though, however. Yes. Johnny and I back next segment, quick visit. I've got some questions for him, and we have some reaction to the Cully interview. Let's get to it here on Texans Radio. Texans All Access continues in a moment. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. When an unexpected injury or illness occurs, it's important to know where to go for quality care close to home. Houston Methodist Emergency Care Centers and Emergency Departments offer a full range of care 24-7, 365 days a year for patients of all ages. We are taking extra precautions to keep you safe. Isolating suspected coronavirus patients, screening all visitors, requiring masks, and enforcing social distancing. Visit HoustonMethodist.org slash ER to find a location near you. A location near you. A location. Welcome back to the conversation. It's Texans All Access on Texans Radio. I'm going to have to uh, go to Texans Fit if I'm going to have the energy of David Cully, Johnny, as we had him on earlier. I mean, 65 years old and uh, (laughs) he's uh, Arians is 68. Andy Reid is 62, so he's like right in the middle. He's the average age, and he's ready (laughs) to go to the Super Bowl next year. Good. I mean, the guy is just uh, the infectious personality. I don't – you know, it's funny. It's still a mystery, though, what they're really going to look like here. You know, you got Tim Kelly back. You got Pep Hamilton on the staff. I mean, they've announced these things, but they've all been reported. And I'm just eager to see what what the offense is going to look like. Lovey's defense, it's going to be different than what we've seen the last few years. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, to John's point, he talked about a rebuild. I wonder how that, you know, impacts what's on the roster, what they'll bring in. Just the, that, that always happens with coaching staff change. You know, what, what, um, what changes in scheme precipitate the different type players you look for, all that kind of stuff. So that always is, to me, I'm always curious how that all comes together. So, uh, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, John, John alluded to it. A lot of decisions. But, Mark, I'll tell you this. If that cap is at 195, I, I, there, there are some decisions, I think, th- that that Nick Casario can make as it pertains to the business of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, man, at 195, if you make some of those decisions, I think you can do some things with your salary cap to open up some money for free agency. The question at that point is what and who do you target? And, the one question that John answered a couple days ago, I think it was, I can't remember who he was on with, but I actually heard him say it. I think he was on with, with uh, Wade and show. And they asked about Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. And Wade and John were like, oh, yes, he's coming back. And John even went so far as to say, yeah, they'll franchise him for the year 
and try and get it try and get a deal done that yeah will would be coming back i mean john was very uh adamant about that being the case and i and i hope that's the case i really hope that's the case that will's coming back but if that cap is at 195 that's just gonna that's just gonna open you up that much more to make a decision like that and here's the other thing as it pertains to receivers i know people hear that about will about coming back that's great news mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen this draft class is outstanding at receiver. The free agency class is outstanding at receiver to a point where PFF, and here I go quoting PFF. I can't believe I'm doing it. But they had their top 50 free agents. Will was the number nine wide receiver, and he was at number 37. So you've got a boatload of free agents that are out there, and you've got a Great draft class of receiver that's on par, if not better, than last year with a couple of high-profile receivers uh, at the top of this draft. You're going to be able to get a receiver out of this, whether Will does come back or not. So that you can feel pretty good with. And if the cap is at 195, yeah, you'll find a receiver in free agency and maybe in the draft if you want one because you'll be able to get a good one on day three for sure. Then come in and do something for your squad. Yeah, I mean, look, you have to – obviously you have to have Deshaun in here to, to make everything click the way it was. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, and, and you hope that if there's an off-season program, you get that time that you yeah, need to develop absolutely. continuity and everything. We don't know what it's going to look like because it feels like with, uh, with coronavirus that, you know, it almost feels like any minute it's going to get better, but, oh, this thing could drag on another year. I don't know. I'm, yes. I'm kind of on the fence with that. But you do – read some promising reports and from some doomsayers anyway that uh, they're starting to get a little bit more optimistic now that the vaccine is out there uh, as much as it is okay we got to stop it right there hard stop and uh, we'll be back tomorrow night johnny and i'll be on we'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff uh related to your houston texans i mean i feel like i've only been on the air a couple of times so far this year johnny so i need yeah. to get rolling here need yeah, to get you, gotta rolling. Sh- you gotta shake off the rust and also tomorrow night casey keeler head coach same houston state gonna join me how about that Nice. Looking forward to that. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Brandon, for producing. Thank you, David Cully, John McClain, John Harris. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. It's Mattress Firm's President's Day sale. Right now, get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for the price of a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or save up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. And you can save 50% on select Sealy Queen mattresses. Now just $299.99. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale.